Praise the Lord, everybody. Who here misses youth camp? That's great. That's good. I will warn you now, this is not a replacement for youth camp. We are going to have our very own move of God here tonight if you let the Spirit move. Amen? We're not trying to copy anybody, take the place of anything. We're going to have something unique at this youth camp, if that's what you guys want. Amen? Now, going along with our theme, it's released. That can go so many different ways, and I'm not going to give a bunch of examples because I don't want to step on anybody else's notes. But tonight, I want to talk about releasing the Spirit. Because that's, I think, I think there's no better way to start off what we're about to do than to release the Spirit. So we can start this thing off with nothing holding us back, with us not holding up back anything that's meant for us, with distractions, if we could just push everything aside. Um, yesterday... No, Wednesday, I shared in, in prayer with the young people that joined me <clears throat> up on the platform. It may be confusing sometimes when we talk about lifting up the Lord. Lord, I lift you on high. That might not make sense at first because he's higher than anything. So what does that mean? That means we're going to lift him up higher than anything in our minds. We're going to regard him higher than anything. Now, we know that there are things that take our attention, such as school, our jobs, relationships, family, whatever that might, might be. But in a time like this, when we come into the presence of the Lord, whatever it is, it is time to push all of that aside, put all of that on hold, and hopefully some of those things that we drop we aren't supposed to pick back up, and we feel so inspired to just leave it where we left it. Amen? So let's keep that in mind as we start this youth camp. Just think about why it is that you came here. I hope it's not just because your parents forced you. I hope it's not just because you're looking for something to do. Because if you let God move, if you release the Spirit, you can't contain the blessings that God has for you. You can't even fathom the growth that is about to take place if you just make the reason you're here all about the Lord. Amen? So tonight we're going to talk about 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to start reading in verse 19, and I'm going to go through verse 22. If we could all stand for the initial reading of the Lord, initial reading of the word of the Lord, sorry. It says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. You can be seated. Lord, we just... We release your spirit over this camp, over all of these young minds and the old minds alike that are here with us tonight. Lord, we just release your spirit to have its way, Lord, that it might move without being held back. That I don't get in the way with what you want to accomplish in each and every life here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. 
quench not the spirit. The more you think about that, the more awesome that seems, the more heavy that seems. How could I quench the spirit? The spirit is so powerful. How could I have any weight on the effects of the spirit? Well, right here we have a warning not to quench the spirit. We, we talk about the opposite of the quenching all the time. We talk about a, a service catching fire. You ever heard that before? How about the spirit was just contagious in the room? How about I was inspired by the response seen by the congregation after the preacher spoke? First Thessalonians 5.9 warns us that we can do just the opposite and we can quench what might happen in this room. And I want to talk about four ways that we can quench the spirit. The first one is we don't rely on him. Now, I, 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 I see it all the time where people will say, you know, I, I've, I, I healed this person or, or I helped this person pray through. I am not browbeating anybody over semantics, okay? What I'm talking about is that when we are looking for answers, when we are looking for that help, that we don't go to him first. We don't look to the word for answers. We don't go to prayer for answers. We try to see what we can do first. I know too often that is my natural setting. If I'm not, if I'm not keeping my spiritual man fed, if I'm not right in the right frame of mind, I know that is my automatic response. What can I take care of? And then when I get in too much trouble, then I'll cry out to God, I can't take this anymore. That's not what we're called to do. I, I've, I've heard it where, you know, so many people that are against um, uh, Christian movements or the Christian mindset, and they say, those Christians, oh, they always just use God as a crutch. Like, no, it's deeper than that even. He's more than my crutch. He's my legs. Jesus isn't my co-pilot. He's my driver. Amen? I rely on him for everything. You could say that it's your power. The reason you got that, that raise on the job is because you've been showing up to work five minutes early every day. You've been showing exceptional uh, uh, progress in your skills. You've been showing exceptional uh, 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 What's the word? Uh, uh, exceptional, I want to say, uh, quality in what you put out, right? But if you want to boil it all down, it's all because of him. He's the one that's given you favor. He's the one that's allowed you to build those skills. No matter what it is that you think you've done in your power, God's given you that opportunity Yes, there is a role in being obedient. Yes, there is a role in, on you to be a good steward with what you've been blessed with. But that's God rewarding your obedience, being a good steward with your blessings. Amen? Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, I am going to do great 
exploits. I'm going to do great things, but I need to know where my power comes from. Amen? Colossians 1.11 says, Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Colossians 1.29 says, Whereunto I also labor. Yes, I am going to be laboring. I am going to be working. Striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. It's him that works in me. Second Thessalonians 1.11 says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that, you, that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. If we let God move in our lives, we are going to do some amazing things. But don't forget where that power comes from because there might come a day where we don't go for that source first. We might be like Samson where we say, I'll just break these cords like I have before. And we're going to call upon a strength, but we're calling in the wrong direction. And we'll be calling to self instead of the Lord. Let's remember to rely on Him. Second way we can quench the Spirit. We don't believe what happens in the Bible could happen to us today. Yeah, that's fine that so-and-so was delivered from the enemy. That's fine that this person in the Bible was healed. That's fine for that woman with the issue of blood that went so many years with a problem, a medical problem that no one could solve, and then she was healed. That's fine for her. And I read all those stories, but I really don't think that could work for me. It may not come in those straight of words, but sometimes it's hard to read those words on page and not just remember them, not just understand them, but know them. Know that those are there to give us encouragement. We need to know that what happens in the Bible, the deliverance that we see time and time again, that can happen to you. That can happen to me. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8 through 10 says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there, they, there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that, when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. There are many that read this verse and they create a self-fulfilling prophecy in their church. That, the time for those, those miracles has passed. We're, we're past that. Now, if you believe that, you're going to make it true in your life. I'm not limiting God's power to have an out-of-the-ordinary circumstance of power to wake up and shake a congregation. But as a rule, if you limit God and say that there are no more miracles, there won't be in your life. Amen? Do we remember Scripture or do we know Scripture? Because if we know Scripture, 
then it speaks to us. And we take hold of those promises. Amen. Number three. Another way we quench the Spirit is by forgetting our identity in Christ. Romans 8. I'm going to go to Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. It says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that which were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And that's powerful. Now, if you want to have a, you want to relate to what the Spirit wants to do, you have to understand your relation to the Lord. You understand your relation, then you start to relate. How can you re- have, a, have the Spirit be released in your life when you have no idea what it's doing? When you don't even fathom how the spirit functions why it's even pulling at your heartstrings why people are moving and being feeling affected in a service you have no idea what's going on how can you how can you relate to that speaking of relating to things before i knew that my wife was going to be my wife i relate to her now I understand when she's saying things past just the sound of her voice. I've used this example before, but when I first started calling over to talk to her, I had no idea which one of her three sisters answered, and answered the phone and was talking to me. And they knew that, of course. And they, <laughs> they would always mess with me, and uh, I, I have fond memories of that now. But not only, I didn't relate to her even just by even recognizing her voice, but when a relationship gets deeper, you first start to recognize the voice, but then you know where they're going. Then you understand what they're trying to relate to you, what they're trying to convey to you with their words. When the Spirit moves into a, to a service, we need to at first understand that it's here. But let's move past that to where we understand what's trying to transpire. Amen? The fourth, final way, I'm not closing, don't worry. But the fourth and final way I want to talk about quenching the spirit, I want to spend some time here. When we instill fear over emotional worship. Psalms chapter 100, 
verses 1 through 4 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Let me just pause right there. I've had more than one person, and I'm not, I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not picking anybody. Very often they're new and they don't understand. Or maybe they're from a, another church that, that believes it differently. Say, well, I've read that our prayer is supposed to be in our prayer closet. It's supposed to be something secret. And there's a time and place for those types of prayers. But for any one example you show me of that, I could probably show you ten examples of prayer that is meant to be loud, boisterous, in the open, okay? This is one of those examples right here. This is telling us, this, this is not a request. It doesn't say please. It starts out, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Not when you feel like it, not when you're comfortable enough, not because you're at a huge youth convention that has hundreds of kids already yelling and you just want to fit in. This is just because he is worthy. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Not just if you're from Palmer, not just if you're from Anchorage, not just if you're from Sterling. It doesn't matter. It says all ye lands. Moving on to verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with whispers. No, it says, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Not once in this setting of scripture does it say, because you think he deserves it. The scriptures declare that he deserves it no matter how you feel, where your emotions are, where your heart is. And speaking of the heart, how many people have heard, just follow your heart. Do what your heart tells you. Instead of reading the verse first, I'm just going to tell you right now that your heart is wicked. Your heart is deceitful. Now I'll read you the Bible verse. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So your heart can be swayed depending on your surroundings. You may not see it now, but you just have a little conversation with the elders around here and talk about the slipping and the moral decay that they've seen around them. And some of the things that even... You or I might see as acceptable if we didn't have this Bible because of how everyone else believes around us, how our school believes certain things. If the Bible says they're wrong, they're wrong no matter whose feelings it hurts. Amen? And it's not because God is a cruel taskmaster. He wants us to have life and life more abundantly. He, ha he sees the future past the decisions that we have to make. No matter how hard that decision is to make in the right way, it is going to be a better future for you if you do it God's way. Amen? So don't follow your heart. That one's for free. And we don't need to feel 
worship first. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Let me just paint the scene for you a little bit right here. David's own people. His own people. Probably people that he even gained strength from sometimes. The people that were his buddies, his, his pals, were so mad at him, they wanted to kill him. And he even heard them talk about how they were going to do it. Can you imagine being in that situation and saying, I am so encouraged in the Lord. And I drag myself in early, barely to church, yawning, complaining about how tired I am, usually self-induced. I struggle to get encouragement in, in a situation like that. David was facing death. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, everyone hates the saying, fake it till you make it. You're, it's, it's a little bit deeper than that. You are encouraging something to happen. You're promoting an atmosphere of praise. You're putting faith up on a pedestal saying, I may not feel it, but I know, God, that you are good. I know that you are worthy of praise. And what starts to happen is that spirit starts to be released in you, and it starts in you, and just like a wildfire, it starts to spread across the entire congregation just because you decided to promote an atmosphere of praise when you felt nothing. Do not wait until you feel it first. Do not follow your heart, for the Lord God is worthy no matter what. Maybe you don't feel it because you think you'll be judged by the person sitting next to you. Or God forbid, you have been the one to make someone feel odd. Someone jumps up in worship. Your friend, who maybe usually doesn't, you kind of do one of these. I'm going to tell you something. That can be so damaging. That can quench the spirit in someone's life for years if you let it. You want to know how to release instead of quench? You keep those sideways glances to yourself. Amen. If someone feels so inspired to jump up and praise the Lord, you might want to be inspired and let it spread on to you. Say, oh, he feels something I don't. Maybe, maybe I should feel this. Amen. Just remember that God has given us emotions. Not to run the show, but to be given to Him. The Bible tells us how to, how, to, how to deal with those emotions. And He wants us to be able to have enough control to give those to Him. 
Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, it says, And be not drunk with wine, whereas is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Where it says speaking to yourselves, you look in any other translation, it means to each other. Yourselves as the group. This is not meant to be kept to ourselves. It doesn't matter if you feel it or not. And there's more at stake than just your soul. You could encourage someone else to salvation. Amen. The power may not be yours, but it is in you. And it matters what you do with it. Amen. If you fold your arms and resist, you are quenching the spirit. Because the spirit comes to us as a flame. Either to be fanned into a blazing fire or to be doused with quenching fear. I have no, no idea how long I've been, but I want to close. I have one more thought I want to share. There is a power that wants to be released in us. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 says, Now unto him that is able to exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. There's a couple key words that I just want to zero in on in that, in that uh, setting of scripture. The first one is able. It doesn't say that he will or that he just does. It says that he is able. It means it may happen or it may not. It means there are some deciding key factors on that power to be released. The next phrase is according to what works in us. Or in other words, what we let work in us. You read your Bible between church services. You pray between church services. What power is working in you? What does God have to work with when he releases the Spirit? What is being raised up inside of you when God calls upon the mighty men and women? It is important to keep that power working in us. Because what we, that power, that whatever we keep working in us, that's what the Spirit works with. Amen? And then in verse 21, last verse I want to look at. This is the whole reason of it all. This is why we hear preachers talk about, seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God and these things shall be added unto you. If your heart's desires line up with what the Spirit wants to do, why it's so important to understand what's trying, what's ready, what's just waiting to take place. 
when our desires line up with that, you just wait and see what God has in store. You just wait and see and watch a youth group catch on fire. Amen. You just wait and see it spread just from the group you see now to the group in the future, to the parents that are at home, to the loved ones that aren't saved, to the rest of the community. If we get to know this spirit and if we let it be released over this youth group, there's no telling what God can do. Amen. That's the end of my message. And you may not feel it. It may feel odd right now. But I encourage you come up to these altars. Make sure that check our own hearts. Make sure we are not quenching the spirit. I want that spirit to have its liberty. I want it to be released in every way that God could have his good and perfect will in my life. Whatever he wants to do or see happen in my life, I don't want to put anything in the way of that. You have a power in your will, in your, it, God's not going to force anything. The Bible says that he stands at the door and knocks. He's not even going to force you to be saved. So he's definitely not going to force you to grow. He's definitely not going to force you to release the Spirit. So I implore you. Come on. Let's come on up to the altars right now. Let's release that Spirit over each and every soul. Hallelujah.